October 31st, 1926, illusionist Harry Houdini dies after performing his mysterious get punched repeatedly in the stomach trick. Welcome to the Revisionist. Blah. <laughs> I'm Brian Flynn. Uh, yeah, I'm Not- Zach. Uh, fear boy, coward, <laughs> terror. No, no, scary, I've seen you on Fear scary Boy. Scary season person. Listen, it's Halloween day. Um, <laughs> it's three days before uh, the election of. I mean, the thing we've been fearing for the past four years. If you're not scared. <laughs> Truly, I don't know what to say to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jesus. We're recording this um, a little ways out, so who knows what has happened between... Yeah, it's about 10 days till Halloween right now. (laughs) We're, 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 to to affix you in time, Rudy Giuliani just got caught with a... 15-year-old pretending to be Borat's daughter while he masturbated in his own pants. So that's where we are in, uh, yep. in history. <laughs> when I listen to this when I'm 40, I hope this sounds ridiculous. I hope this doesn't sound normal. I hope it sounds like, holy shit, this happened. <laughs> I'm when sorry. We, I don't. I don't mean to 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 uh, exclude our guest. No, um, no, no. Um, welcome back to the show. Our very first guest on the show, uh, and one of our favorites, Kira McKaylin. Everyone, uh, Kira, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, you do have a new podcast also coming up uh, yep. called Careless Fires, which we'll we'll talk more about later. But I want to make sure we mention that up top. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty excited about it. It's a podcast about Colorado. So if you don't live in Colorado, you won't care. <laughs> no, it's very, I'm having a lot of fun with it. So I uh, very, very uh, minorly, the topic of this uh, discussion is associated with Denver. He, he got married to one of his several wives. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. In Denver, Colorado um yeah yeah, we're uh we're closing out this year's uh three-part halloween spooktacular with a discussion of mr happy halloween holmes himself uh h.h holmes (laughs) tony stark's uh assistant happy halloween holmes that's exactly right john favreau serial killer Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) um uh, listeners, if you've uh, if you've been following along, we don't have results yet uh, as of the time of recording for Spring Heeled Jack. Uh, we'll update you on that next time. Uh, we do have the final results for the Highgate Vampire, and Zach's alternate history won out for that, uh, which featured uh, it. It drew heavily from the sort of Twilight universe the twilight cinematic uh, universe among other things you know. yeah among uh, among other better things than that. the highgate vampire had a, a number of romantic paramours and it was a story for the ages <laughs> we also uh fucked up a little bit because i'm doing the alternate again and i'm pretty sure i haven't done an alternate since then <laughs> but oh, that's shit. fine oh god i'm sorry <laughs> no i'm not trying to do call out culture 
Brian is not canceled for making me do the alternate <laughs> twice in a row. I also didn't realize until today that I was like, didn't I do the last alternate? But it, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, my brain is bad. Hopefully I have a real Halloween treat for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, uh, if that doesn't give it away, Kira is going to be doing the, the true story. And Zach's, uh, I, I trust the story of H.H. H. Holmes in Zach's capable hands also, uh, yeah. which makes it sound like I was saying Zach's a serial killer. He is not. Uh, I can reasonably testify to that. But I want to I be clear. <laughs> yeah. I, probably, I probably could. I probably could. <laughs> like logistically or like morally? Uh... <laughs> logistically i think actually logistically being a serial killer is easier than most people think if you target uh people (laughs) how much of this do you want like associated with you you're like you know i gave it some thought all you need is like a van and a big stick (laughs) no truly i think i think i think if you uh were to target homeless people people do not give a shit and it's a fault with our society but it's probably quite easy i imagine if you were a serial killer you would be like very empathetically saying that to your victims i'm still going big stick as you're just clubbing them to death. <laughs> really a societal problem just i'm sorry this isn't this isn't on you or me this is just <laughs> this is how uh Captain <laughs> has treated us both yeah my god uh, the teddy roosevelt it's a killers. representation <laughs> yeah it's like uh sumner like the Sumner caning as, <laughs> as a political cartoon being like, this is a moment in history where society has failed everyone involved, <laughs> but it failed the person doing the caning less than the person receiving the caning. Yeah. That's generally how it that's works. How you feel the, like the empty hole in yourself that comes from living in that society. <laughs> That is built on that like aggressive carnivorous model of capitalism is you just have to go out and just de-stress by murdering people. That's how you, that's how we get the purge. This is a yeah. very I'm gonna be we're honest, like two steps away from purge territory. If we analogy. were making a if we were making a diagram, we just have like one set of question marks and then purge on the flow Truly, chart. Let's let's be honest. Yes, I, I I will say emphatically, this is our last episode before the election. Um, people who believe in QAnon, uh, I don't like them, but in some regards, society has failed those people because they are dead stupid. (laughs) They were not raised with the appropriate critical thinking skills. If you're a QAnon follower of this podcast, um, (laughs) I think this is like the second time in as many episodes we've addressed our audience as potential QAnon adherents. Honestly, this podcast is ideal for it because we have an alternate frame of history. But uh, Uh, we came up with this podcast well before (laughs) the very idea of it was sort of threatening. Yeah, because let's be honest, Brian and I are Q. We're Q. So. Uh, vote for Joe Biden. We were wrong. We messed it up. Well, it started as a Q from Star Trek thing. I think yeah. that was the... Um, I was thinking Q from James Bond. Brian was thinking Q from Star Trek. And it turned into... We both got hired other... by Donald Trump. Uh, 
Anyway, <laughs> Kira, you're doing the actual history. I am. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys about uh, Herman Webster Mudgett. <laughs> yeah. uh, Wait, was that his real fucking that name? His real name. Yeah, that was so, his birth name. Yeah, H.H. H. Holmes was born Herman Webster Mudgett. Uh, and that's the kind of name I think you're born with that you're like, I'm going to make history. <laughs> <laughs> somehow. I'm going to make s- history somehow. Uh, I, I probably not going to go by that when I do. Uh, <laughs> so Herman Webster Mudgett. I love that so much. I'm going to get three dogs and name them Herman Webster. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, he was a, a disturbed child. He tortured a lot of animals as a little kid, uh, but he was also considered uh, pretty intelligent. I was thinking about that, though. I was considered pretty intelligent as a kid, and I think that's something adults tell you when you're little, when you're kind of an asshole. <laughs> I'm going to give H.H. H. Holmes a little credit. I think as serial killers go, he's not stupid. He's okay at what he does. When we, yeah. So he, he puts maybe too much thought into his serial killing, honestly. And he's, so he's torturing animals and he goes to medical school. One of the ways that he kind of makes his way through medical school is um, stealing corpses and then filing false insurance claims. Like he would pull them out of the morgue and then like, uh, you know, bang him up and be like this one died in a fire and uh, bang him up and selling him off sorry i'm going back to the big stick now which i I mentioned (laughs) it again so i can't cut it out i drew some inspiration and um we're not saying that too but you know if you're gonna uh, um he's also like he gets a lot of his money for medical school from his i think his first wife who uh you know he has several wives sometimes simultaneously over yeah. the course of his life i'll but, be honest uh, like, i uh i lost track of a lot of the merit i know i'm supposed to tell the like real history but it was very tough it's like he has tough. an assortment of wives uh <laughs> like a playing card deck full of wives at- he gets with a lot of ladies at, yeah. a, at different points which i mean you see that mustache how could you not <laughs> i don't know um, the man can wear a hat good tight bowler uh <laughs> One of the things I read said he may have experimented with the bodies in college, which I mean, we all experimented in college. But I don't, I don't know exactly what they meant by <laughs> experimenting. I was just, I love that they're just like he, you know, used yeah, some that seems vague. Money. I'm so glad they did not specify. Performance. <laughs> yeah, just uh, I don't know, making out with. You know what? I'm just gonna leave that. <laughs> What it is, I'm sure. Now, if you fill the body with baking soda and pour in a little vinegar, <laughs> you get a volcano. He's oh, definitely okay. like not fully unfamiliar with how to dispose of. Like, he later sells bodies as medical skeletons, mm-hmm. or sells individual organs, or things like that. Like, he knows how to how to deal with a body <laughs> that you have on your hands. <laughs> That's very true. Knowledge that serves him well the entirety of his uh, murder career. Yes. Uh, (laughs) That's what it says on his LinkedIn. Yeah, he's he's a career killer. I I mean, kind of, because he does make his living, like, defrauding people and murdering, and it's very, like, middle of the Venn diagram. He likes to do those two things a lot. Also the seducing women, but I honestly think that's secondary. I think it is, too. 
yeah, it's mostly like if I seduce these women, I can use them in my fraud after I kill them. Like it's very I, much mm-hmm. his thing. I honestly think that uh, he's very unique among serial killers in a, a specific way, which is most serial killers you hear about are one of two types. Uh, there's either the sexual serial killers who are all about like, you know, horrible sex crimes. They're the most difficult to talk about your Dahmers, your Bundy's. And then there's like the ones who just kill for pure sadism. H.H. H. Holmes he always had uh, an eye on that dollar sign, baby. He was killing for money. And not as a hitman, just like, I'm going to take out some life insurance policies. I'm going to make a hotel. I'm going to steal a business. He was always a money serial killer. And those are very, very rare. Very entrepreneurial. Um, yeah. <laughs> very good capitalist in that yeah. uh, society. Anyway, so around... 85, 86, 1885, 86, kind of depending on what source you're looking at. Holmes moves to Chicago where he starts working in a pharmacy. Uh, and that's where he changes his name to Henry H. Holmes. He's like, I'm, I'm done with the mudge. <laughs> um, I want to be H.H. <laughs> H. Holmes. It sounds cooler. It's going to look good on the gravestone. I am H.H. H. Holmes. <laughs> So he takes over that pharmacy eventually. Uh, it is rumored that he killed the original owner, which, sure. Probably. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. was a very elderly woman who disappeared under mysterious circumstances shortly after he started working there. Um, and it seems probable that he stole the business from her and yeah. uh, created an excuse for why she wasn't around anymore. Yeah, it, it's almost, like, the only thing about it that doesn't really match with, like, the rest of his, like, M.O. is that she didn't necessarily have, like, a policy taken out that he frauded. He just took her business. Yeah. But I, very small degrees of separation there. Anyway, so he's uh, working at a pharmacist, and he uh, kind of continuing the theme here starts killing people so he can steal their property. Uh, yeah. He's just like a one man colonialism yeah. just <laughs> business. He's just he loves, <laughs> loves, loves, loves taking life insurance policies out on people. And then those people yeah. tend to not be alive very much longer. Yeah. All of his employees had to have life insurance policies taken out. Uh, it was like a requisite for working for him. And then he'd be like, you got your life insurance. Let me introduce you to my murder castle. Invite for I don't think he told them that when he invited them over. <laughs> uh, d- shit, did I did I say the murder castle part? I meant uh, <laughs> muffin castle. Yeah, he um, which so he builds this uh, murder castle as it's known um, now, <laughs> probably less so then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, then it was just called Best Western. Yeah, (laughs) it was like a multi-purpose building. And he had like, he did it. And this is another one of those things. Like he was a smart guy, just like whatever dimension he's from seems like, like he seems like he would be from like Halloween world. Like he doesn't seem Mm -hmm. like he's operating with just like different logic, but like he's operating pretty logically. Like he hires different contractors to build this castle so that they're not like questioning. It's like, why am I building a staircase that doesn't go anywhere? Why are there all these rooms that don't have windows? And if any like particular construction team asked too many questions, he would just fire them all. And I would imagine kill a couple of them, but you know. And he, Uh, he tended towards from what I read, like, uh contractors who didn't speak english 
and on average fired them every three weeks. So nobody knew what the fuck was going on with the construction of this building or the layout. It was just constantly hiring and firing people who didn't even know the language. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so was it a death trap zoning wise anyway? Maybe, but um, so he uh, builds Look, this computer- podcast is partially about the importance of building inspection and proper, <laughs> proper vetting of your contractors. Yeah. I mean, I don't know when Cintas was founded, but they would not have <laughs> they'd be like, you need a fire extinguisher next to this staircase that goes straight <laughs> into the wall. Um, so many OSHA violations <laughs> in this murder castle. In the murder castle. So there's like all kinds of, it's very escape roomy. Like it's a little over-engineered for just basic killing people, but he's got like secret passageways and trap doors. There were like ships that you could send bodies yeah. down. He had soundproof rooms, uh, doors with locks on the outside. Uh, it's, and, it's, from oh. what I heard, there read, there were... Uh, like 35 rooms in this hotel that were totally normal rooms. And then a number of rooms that were like, there's a gas pipe that goes in there. There's a chute that like goes down to the basement. Uh, And he had already had like a few life insurance policies. He's conveniently cashed in at this point for like between 10 and $20,000, which at that time was like a lot of money. Yeah, he was uh, good at his pairing of hobbies, or yeah. really not hobbies. It is a career at the the rate that he does it. Um, so yeah, um, he's no longer open miking. Yeah, at this point, he's definitely pro. Like he's made he's made more with fraud and killing people than I think the three of us combined will make in our lifetime. If you oh for sure for inflation. Yeah, he was uh, a millionaire by the time he started the hotel. Based uh, exclusively on fraudulent life insurance claims. So, I mean, I don't know. Was that easier to do back then than it is now? Probably. But that's just me telling myself not to be inspired by what's happening. <laughs> uh, so, 1893 is the World's Fair, which... Um, <laughs> the World's Fair is just kind of a weird thing to me. Uh, just from We don't really I- have them anymore, do we? No, not that might be good. Uh, you know, it's like you'd see all these cool inventions, but there was also these kind of like pretty dark elements of only like white men were really allowed in the middle of it. And uh, any like person of color was like kind of like forced into this middle section. Uh, so I don't love the World's Fair. I don't know why I feel like the need to like throw that in here because uh, it doesn't really have anything to do with Holmes except for he's just like, this is yeah. an opportunity for me. Uh, he capitalized on the fact that a lot of people were coming into the city and didn't have a lot of uh, people weren't aware of where exactly they were staying or where they were going because it was like the 1800s mm-hmm. and also devil in the white city, a famous book um, is uh, about the world's fair and H.H. H. Holmes at the same time. Yeah. Well, um, he did. Uh, he gets a lot of women that are coming in to visit the fair. Um, mm-hmm to offer lodging at this point. Yeah. Um, I did also look it up. Um, and this calculator only goes back to 1913 for inflation. Uh, but even then, uh, $20,000 uh, equates to over half a million in yeah. today's money. So 
He was quite wealthy. Yeah, Yeah. genuinely quite wealthy off of life insurance schemes. Yeah. Um, Oh, it hurts. (laughs) Even even that uh, woman who disappeared, uh, who owned the pharmacy, he had a life insurance plan on her. Did he? I didn't read that. Yeah, he did. I think Uh, as we discussed in the Bell Gunness episode, who had a similar MO, it was much easier to take out life insurance on people before they realize, oh, (laughs) they're just getting murdered. Yeah. Uh, And He told everybody she moved to California and didn't come back, but no one ever saw her again, so... There was a farm. He's like, she's on a farm. <laughs> uh, so he, and again, like you were saying, he's, he uses the, he uh, sells a lot of these corpses to medical schools. So uh, he's really just dipping his hands in all those money pots he can at this point. Um, he is arrested in 1893 for insurance fraud after there was a fire uh, that I think was at his home, which I had thought was the murder castle, but no one, I think... Uh, he had uh, dozens, if not hundreds of properties that he moved between. Well, I guess it makes sense because he stole all that, <laughs> all that land. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, so he's a re- really, uh, arrested for fraud when he's released he concocts some kind of uh insurance fraud scheme around with uh his buddy i feel like i'm gonna mispronounce his last name but i think it's ben Pitezel or peitzel Pitezel, uh, yeah i think it's peitzel, peitzel i think okay uh and they decide to fake peitzel's death uh so kind of similar to what we heard before uh peitzel purchases a life insurance policy uh and then they skip out with the money uh they go kind of across they go on like a little road trip across the u.s and just go uh places mentioned were like colorado new york missouri tennessee pennsylvania texas i don't know what order these are in to be fair uh and then they just commit fraud along the way and also probably like we were saying mudget holmes marries a bunch of people off and on during this trip yeah so several of his wives die. A few of them don't. He's often married to multiple people at the same time. Yeah. So I don't even know what the, we don't even know what Holmes's total body count is. And I legitimately couldn't tell you what his like marriage body count is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it, I don't know if we usually call it a body count in that context. <laughs> I mean, till death do you part seems like. It's yeah, like fair. It seems like. It was part of his playing. Anyway, so eventually he uh, is arrested for fraud and jailed in St. Louis, where he meets a guy named Marion Hedgepeth, who I like to think was a hedgehog with a monocle, but um, also career criminal. So um, <laughs> he uh, tries, the two of them start scheming together. Um, I think around the same, this was a little bit harder for me to find like a, concrete story but it has to do with the same scheme that they had for peitzel um peitzel has kind of taken off at this point because holmes was arrested uh and he goes back to philadelphia and starts uh swindling investors with a fake patent office so (laughs) holmes is like all right uh i don't like that you are i don't i don't know what his reasons was but holmes goes to philadelphia kills peitzel 
convinces his widow that, and his widow had kind of known that he was up yeah. to some shit. So he convinces her um, that her husband is still alive and uh, gives her some of the money. From what I've read about the Peitzel case is they were faking a death and he was going to give Peitzel a tonic of some kind that was supposed to make him appear dead. But instead of doing that, he literally knocked him out and burned him alive and actually killed him. And then came to his widow and was like, I'm going to give you some of the life insurance money, but actually... I don't know. Are you good with money? Maybe I could invest this for you. So he took the money himself and then killed the widow and sent their two kids to boarding school for a year to look like an upstanding citizen. Um, Those two kids did not come to a good end either. Just a spoiler alert. Yeah, he so the Peitzels had five kids and three of them uh, Holmes murdered. Um, I don't know a ton about that story, but like that kind of elites goes into insurance investigators uh, finding about the fraud by Hedgepeth and then later by Mudgett and they are arrested in Boston. Um, and then in this would be 1894, he's tried in Philadelphia for the murder of Peitzel and is sentenced to death by hanging. Yeah. Um, so Holmes confesses to initially 27 murders. And then he's just like, ah, I think it might be 130 (laughs) (laughs) somewhere in there. Some uh, researchers were like possibly over 200. Um, No one is really sure of the number of people that he killed. And honestly, I'm not even sure if Holmes would have known. I don't think he doesn't seem like particularly obsessed with, the numbers in a way a lot of serial killers are or like keeping trophies or anything like that. He did. There was a weird trophy thing that was found. Really? Yes. Um, There was a, like a twine, like sort of a twine ball of human hair with a couple strands from different people that was found in his murder hotel, I believe. Um, but the exact number of victims was unclear because God knows how many people he killed. He mostly did it for the money. He didn't, I don't think it was personal. I don't think it was about sexual gratification. He just took money from different people and didn't care about slaughtering them for it. Mm Mm-hmm. He, there's some quote from him floating out about there that it's something like I was born with the devil in me and I kill the same way that a poet draws inspiration to write. Um, yeah, he's, that's what I do. (laughs) He's unique because most serial killers have like a specific type that they target, like Zodiac Mm -hmm. targeted couples or Dahmer targeted young men or Bundy young women. He didn't give a shit. He just killed whoever. Like, even those kids we talked about earlier, um, this is probably the most ghastly of his crimes, but uh, he was their caretaker and played hide-and-seek with them and had rigged... This is emblematic of how his murder hotel worked because there were gas lines and shoots and all these different things, windowless rooms and mazes. With these kids, he rigged a chest that had a gas line going into it and played hide and seek with them. 
and the kids hid in that chest while he pumped gas in and killed them. Uh, so he's a pretty, he's not a good person. <laughs> in case you were on the fence yeah. about H.H. H. Holmes. Yeah, in case you were like, I could forgive all the fraud and some of the murders. Um, if you're an undecided voter <laughs> this year, you may have been on the fence about H.H. H. Holmes. Yeah. He also, uh, his, um, he defended himself in his trial. Of course. And um, apparently did a decent job People said that about Ted Bundy too, that he did a decent job defending himself. But um didn't Ted it's Bundy pretty... actually go to law school? Sorry, I'm not sure. Off topic. He did. But okay. uh he um obviously was found guilty. Uh his execution was botched. Um he was hung, his neck didn't break, and apparently his legs were dancing for like 15 minutes while he was hung. Um, and he was requested to be buried under like two tons of concrete because he didn't want people digging up his body and tearing it apart. And then in the weeks after he died, the judge who sentenced him, the coroner in his case, one of his father's victims all died under mysterious circumstances, uh, disease, poison uh an explosion there's like at least look up the Holmes curse because there's like seven to ten people who were involved in his case who died in the months after he died in weird ways huh so he was a mummy yeah <laughs> some people say and then also the hotel burned down um yeah <laughs> uh they were gonna turn it into kind of a I'm not exactly sure what, like, kind of a historic, like a like a like an oddity attraction is kind of the words yeah. I'm trying to look mm-hmm. for because they were like tourist trap kind of yeah. But you would get <laughs> out of literally it. a little bit. Time. Yeah, they'd be like, uh, "Isn't it spooky?" But at least you aren't dead. But also, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's um, the weakest out of a haunted house like trip ever. Uh, spooky, aren't you? Know, you're not yeah, like, gift shops that way. Before, um, so be glad that you're here now that we're owned by Disney. Um, but yeah. <laughs> They couldn't yeah, do it. Yeah, it's fucking Epcot serial killer. Yeah. Um, and it is, that was very interesting to me that it burnt down, like, pretty much in that time. He also did sell his life story, which is yeah. not something I thought, maybe that lock came later, that you can't sell your life story. Um, yeah, that came, I think that came much later, actually. I think that's fairly recent, I want to say. I guess um, this, this guy was all about the Benjamins. Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah, Jesus. I don't know. Um, I mean, with with the story of H.H. H. Holmes, there's no good out other than, yeah, <laughs> yikes, a little uh, bit. Yeah, it just, there's a lot of, like, reading, because you're, you're right, he's, like, very smart, and there's a lot of just, like, man, like, if you could have just, like, yeah, like, tweaked it and just, like, turned him slightly to the left, he could have just, like, designed some, like, great, like, alternate reality game escape rooms (laughs) yeah yeah like this murder hotel is truly like the way he designed it and did all that is like crazy it seems like a work of fiction it it 
Like, it seems like that would be a story by Edgar Allan Poe about Mm -hmm. some guy who made this bizarre hotel that had certain rooms that were death rooms and chutes and gas pipes. And, but you know, he, he, he did it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kira, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Zach, whenever you're ready with the alternate. Um, so the thing about H.H. Holmes is he was more so than almost any other serial killer I can think of as much a serial killer as he was a con man. It's very rare, you know, Zodiac or Son of Sam or Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy. They killed people. They didn't really make money off of it. They just killed people for whatever reason. H.H. Holmes. Yeah. Real, like, soul of the earth. (laughs) Yeah. Faked his own death, took out life insurance policies on people. Like always, it was about making money, uh, which is super rare for a, a, a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Some people will say that he moved to Chicago late in his life, but uh, that's not true. He was a Chicago staple from day one. Mm-hmm. And uh, his early uh, behavior like indicated a, a penchant for cons and traps uh, it initially started very innocently. Uh, he was left alone in his Chicago home one year. Oh, God fucking damn it. <laughs> Sorry, robbers... I'll edit that out. <laughs> and some robbers attempted to get in, and he <laughs> set up a murder house for them. Um, and they were, over the course of that Christmas Eve, tortured and killed. And Holmes gave away their uh, bodies, which he dissolved. He was good at getting rid of bodies. Mm-hmm. He gave it away to their neighbor, uh, Albert Fish, who used oh. <laughs> yeah used the salt from the bodies to to salt the sidewalks, uh, as you do. And just one year later, he became interested in hotels. Mm, he was separated yeah. from his parents, uh, having only their credit card, and ended up lost in New York. <laughs> to coin a phrase. Yeah, uh, and and got a hotel room at the nicest hotel in New York. Um, also, I was like spending a lot of time thinking about the Wet Bandits the other day, and just like what, like what do they do when they're not like harassing Macaulay Culkin? Well, they, like, do they live together? Are they? Well, like... You might want to rewatch the, the films because they they clearly have like a a, a work relationship. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they knock off the richest houses in Chicago. Uh, in the first movie, it makes total sense. In the second movie, it's nonsense because they <laughs> escape from jail and no. hitch a ride on a fish truck. Um, anyways, right. Holmes killed several employees at the nicest uh, hotel in New York, including Tim Curry. He killed two more burglars in a uh, murder house of his own design and stole the money that they were taking from a toy store on Christmas leaving their bodies for the pigeons to eat in Central Park. Um, As a teen back in Chicago, Holmes was known to con his parents and teachers regularly. Um, He would get by his charms and looks, as he did in later interviews with, uh, say, the pharmaceutical woman who he worked for when he first, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, got that pharmacy near where his hotel was, was built. He would skip school. Uh, he, would fill, he would fool his parents um, by playing sick. 
And in his bed, he would hide underneath the sheets the body of a vagrant he had murdered. Um, hijacks, hijinks would ensue, and he would have his oh, his lackey ensue. friend and one of his eight or so girlfriends uh, gallivant around Chicago. Mm-hmm. They would do, yeah. you know, standard pranks. They would be placing a reservation uh, under the sausage king of Chicago's name. Yep, and then you know, murdering the sausage king of Chicago so that they could take the place of the reservation. They all, would... all that to get a reservation well, at a restaurant. Girlfriends, you gotta you gotta get a big table reservation. No. <laughs> it's people to get the occupancy. Time. None of them knew about each other. <laughs> oh, so it was at like different places, so he'd have to like go to different tables. Just, yeah. like, <laughs> just as he was married. Uh, I gotta to, use like, the bathroom. And there's like eight of them. So he's he's using the bathroom a lot. But he's the sausage uh, king of Chicago, baby. Just as he was married uh, in real life to three or four people at a time at some points. <laughs> but certainly uh, they were never at like Outback Steakhouse at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he would uh, get on a major parade float by killing the person who was supposed to be on that parade float and taking their place. Um, a major parade float. A major parade float. The main one. <laughs> None of those shit ass parade floats. You want the finale one? Oh, I was thinking of like like a minor parade where it's just like you have a oh, okay. parade, but you also have like the you know twelfth of August parade. <laughs> yeah. This was uh, I don't know, Kashmir Pulaski, whatever. <laughs> There's a real Chicago holiday. I've lived here for four years. There's some fucking Greek ass guy named like Kashmir <laughs> Pulaski or something who there's like a big parade for. And that's what Ferris Bueller's Day Off is about. I don't know who it is. I don't know why he has a big parade. That's not what Ferris Bueller's Day Off is about. <laughs> it, takes place, it takes place on that day. That's what the okay. parade is for. <laughs> And it's only in Chicago, and I still don't know who the fuck this guy is, but I guess it's a big deal here. <laughs> there's a lot of Eastern Europeans who give a shit mm. about some <laughs> some dude. You're going to get so many angry comments in Polish because of you <laughs> shitting on this parade. <laughs> find out. Sufjan Stevens has a song with the name of this guy in it on his Illinois album. <laughs> now it seems like you have to not know like you're gonna have to protect yourself from finding out because people are gonna want to educate you because they're gonna be mad that you don't know i know enough i know enough to be happy (laughs) no thank you don't need more information he just seems like some random guy like the eastern europeans here like they're the columbus day types where it's like ah columbus is good right not really okay have your day Regardless, <laughs> he put on the parade float uh, and escaped punishment uh, from his principal, who he murdered, which don't feel too bad about that because that guy was a pedophile. And also, <laughs> yeah, he murdered his friend's father by putting his unconscious body in his fancy sports car and reversing it out of his raised garage window uh, with the body still inside. Uh, and he took out insurance policies on both the father and the car to get the maximum amount of money. Clever. Of course, ultimately, Holmes did uh, run into the law. 
after his murder castle stuff during the Chicago's World Fair, uh, he was caught and he became an overnight cessation in the papers because of his multiple affairs and his multiple murders. Uh, due to an odd prison housing situation, he was put uh, in a women's prison and housed in Murderess's Row with a number of, <laughs> you know, other people who had killed their spouses, uh, including Velma, a vaudeville star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hired Richard Gere to clear his name. <laughs> not, not a lawyer, just Richard Gere. Just Richard Gere. And uh, he played the press like a fiddle. And after a number of show-stopping numbers like Razzle Dazzle Murder Castle, and we both... God fucking damn it. We both reached for the lever that filled the room with gas and dumped the body down a hidden chute. Uh, Holmes got off, and he turned his story into a popular vaudeville show co-starring Velma, but was eventually arrested again for one of the dozens of other murders he committed. (laughs) And he was then hanged and buried under two tons of concrete. Or so you would think. (laughs) Because the botched hanging and the two tons of concrete were the perfect way to hide a fake execution and make it look like no one uh, ended up, make sure that no one uh, would ever dig up or check up on the body. Afterwards, the Holmes curse came about and numerous people involved with the case were killed under extremely suspicious circumstances. Uh, But was it in fact Holmes himself exacting revenge? culminating in him burning down his own hotel to hide the rest of the evidence. So for the rest of his life, Holmes fell back into conning people and his knowledge of pharmaceuticals. Uh, For many years, he took various names just as he was originally Herman Mudgett and eventually H.H. Holmes and numerous other pseudonyms. He kept on taking new pseudonyms. Uh, and eventually, uh, he took up, uh, identifying, uh, himself, uh, under the guise of being a woman, not because he was trans or because he was an LGBTQ person, because making trans people killers is not cool. JK Rowling. This was just purely for con reasons. <laughs> so he took up, uh, the guise of a woman. And uh, took his love of death one step further. Uh, He was obsessed with uh, the Greek god Thanatos. So he created a new company, Theranos. Uh, He couldn't hide his deep voice, but uh, he still pretended to be a woman. Uh, He kept his same last name. And eventually his pharmaceutical con got found out. And... uh, for the current moment, Elizabeth Holmes is in hot water again. But uh, he's always found a way out before. So he's also like, what, 140? 150? Wait, what year is it? Like 160? Hmm. I mean, yeah, that's happened I, before. Yeah. He made a deal with the Dark Wanderer. How about that? I just want to make sure we covered our bases on that. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, thank you. Sure. <laughs> Wasn't expecting the Theranos turn. <laughs> uh, 
I thought you were going in a Mrs. Doubtfire direction for some reason, but I'm like, there's no murder in that. Well, he does murder those, I mean, Holmes murders those kids, so you never know. <laughs> That's true. There's no murder in Ferris Bueller. What am I saying? <laughs> yeah, I like how you <laughs> There is Jeffrey Jones, so there's, yeah. there's that. I started with uh, I started with Chicago staple movies and ended up with Elizabeth Holmes and H.H. H. Holmes have the same last name, so I guess that's where I'm going. Nice. Uh, um, and they're both in pharmaceuticals, so. <laughs> sort of, yeah, both sort of in scam pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Um, listeners, before we move on to judgment, um, you may have seen this on our social media feed a couple weeks ago. Um, but uh, we're running a special uh, thing to incentivize some charitable giving. So right now, if you send a donation of $20 or more to the Sylvia Rivera Law Project, uh, which fights to make sure that people everywhere can uh, assert their own gender gender identity, um, send a donation of $20 or more, uh, take a screenshot of that, and send it to us at revisionistpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll send you a t-shirt. Uh, also, send your address and shirt size <laughs> before I forget. I'm not going to guess on either of those. One, I'm much more likely to get right than the other. Um, so, and yeah, it's a great organization. Um, and we've already gotten a couple responses, so... You know, hopefully we can get some money their way this holiday season, which is going to be very weird for a lot of nonprofits. Uh, If I may interject immediately, uh, we've obviously talked a lot about coronavirus and Black Lives Matter stuff uh, a lot recently. This is a unique week because... uh, when this is released, the election is in three days. And if you have not voted yet, I would strongly suggest you vote. And do not vote for Donald Trump, yeah. <laughs> I would argue. Uh, that would be my main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would I would argue that the best, most positive influence would be to vote for Joe Biden. But... If you can't bring yourself to vote for Joe Biden, at least do not vote for Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, and there's, wherever you're listening to this, there's down ballot races that also matter. Um, exactly. As, like, they make an outsized difference in the lives of the people around you. Um, in Colorado, in particular, there's a shitload of ballot measures this year. It's God, a six-page so ballot. Messy. Like I was thinking about putting together like a voter guide for my blog and I'm just like, nope, <laughs> going to leave this in someone else's hands. Um, there are a lot of really good ballot guides out there. That being mm. said, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> find, find a website with a ballot guide that has like a good history, uh, something like injustice watch or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. generally speaking, you're, even your local public radio station generally, exactly. uh, especially if you live in a major city, they will usually have your municipal initiatives as well, um, which is a, what I based a lot of mine on, uh, including like judges and shit. Yeah, about five minutes of online detective work will find uh, a ballot 
uh, like a, a ballot guide that aligns with your personal beliefs. Yeah. Also, and, don't just like Google judges and shit. That's not a good <laughs> no, good way yeah. to find the information you need. Yeah, find a, find a find a an organization that does good work that uh, has ideas about what the judges and the ballot initiatives do. Yeah. Um, and then after the election, don't don't think it everything's done because there's well we'll talk about that next time this yeah. is before the election <laughs> there will be different sorts of work to do <laughs> depending on the outcome um you'll either need to put on a still suit and start distilling your own waste into water or like write some letters but okay. if to give you a break if you're listening to this day of release it's fucking halloween enjoy your halloween mm-hmm. Have your drinks. I know you're in quarantine. Fucking have fun on Halloween. Movie Watch a horror break. movie. It's Saturday. Break have into fun. a Twix. Yeah. You know? Um, anyway. And yeah, um, all the other stuff. If you want to ask us a question, write us a letter, hear that shit on air, uh, you can send that to the aforementioned email, revisionspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, uh facebook even though i've long since deactivated mine um and yeah uh rate and review on your podcast service of choice okay especially Um, itunes especially itunes um yeah fucking google jesus um sorry i'm mad at google um kira uh do you want to tell us a little more about careless fires uh, sure. So Careless Fires, like I was saying, is a podcast about Colorado. Uh, and that means a lot of different things. We look a lot at Colorado history, but we also look at ecology and how history shapes that ecology. We look at how uh, moments in the past shape movements now and how those movements grow and change over time. So there's kind of a wide range of things that you'll hear us talking about Um I guess this will come out after the first one is released. Uh, the first episode will be focusing on the role of the Ku Klux Klan in the 1920s. Um, and we have a lot of other exciting stuff coming up throughout the rest of the season. So uh, definitely check us out. Yeah, so you can also find me on The Movie Trap, uh, which is a, a podcast I do with former guest Chris Boriff, uh and Russell Carlson. Um, it's a film review podcast, more or less, where we sort of challenge each other to watch certain films. And at the end of a three-person segment, vote on who is the winner of that particular round and then pick a new theme uh, chosen by the winner of that round. Uh, and, you know, we force each other to watch either good or bad movies. And that's basically the premise. Uh, if you enjoy this, you might enjoy that. You had a good Halloween lineup this month yeah we did uh 70s horror movies and uh these are all available now we did phantasm don't look now and the wicker man uh, which Ooh, was, nice. uh yeah which wicker man the 73 okay that's a good one yeah, yeah. not 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 the misogynistic neil Lebeau one from like 2003 where nicholas cage beats neil the Lebeau. shit out of women who are like trying to create a new matriarchy neil labute sucks if you don't know yeah. about playwrights neil labute kind of sucks 
Yeah, I, yeah. I remember doing him in like scenes the first time I was in college and being like, okay, and then finding out more about him. Yeah. Um. Anyway, as for me, listeners, um, I don't think I have much to add to our voting message. Um, but yeah, uh, can f- again follow the podcast on Twitter, which is somewhat turning into my personal Twitter and I apologize for that. Um, But yeah, that brings us to the judgment phase of the show, um, which, man, uh, I am, on the one hand, uh, Zach took us down several different twisting roads, more than I thought he would. Um, But also the... The true story of H.H. H. Holmes is very... He's a weird one, yeah. He's like a unique... Yeah, it's very unique. It's figure. full of things you don't quite expect. Um, it's Especially if you're his business partner or <laughs> married spouse, to him. Yeah. yeah. Um, Anyone who thought they would walk away alive uh, a week or two later. Um, or just like a hotel guest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Jesus. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I will cast my in- initial vote for the actual history of H.H. H. Holmes. Um, but listeners, uh, voting is now open to you on um, Patreon. And check out uh, Instagram next week for the final poll. But, uh, Kira, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, And, Zach, thank you, as always, for being here. Of course. And uh, I think that'll do it for this episode. The cauldron's slowly losing its boil. And uh, the bats are flying away for the winter. Enjoy enjoy actual Halloween day, if you're listening to this on on the day of release. Mm -hmm. Uh, Halloween. I want to say one last uh, anecdote. I don't know why. I I was walking around town today, uh, like just to get out of the house, and I saw a bar that was open, and they had in their entryway a sign that said, enter at your own risk. And I was like, right now. (laughs) (laughs) Of all times. (laughs) So enjoy your Halloween. It's scarier than ever out there, but... uh, Figured out a way to get out candy safely. (laughs) Have some fun with a Babadook this Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Happy Halloween. Stay safe. Um, Vote. Please vote. Just yeah, definitely vote. do that. Vote, 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 vote. Uh, um, have a good time. Please vote. October 31st, 1517. Martin Luther posts his 95 theses on the door of the Castle Church in Wittenberg. To get his 96th thesis, you have to sign up for his email list. Did you say the right date? Did you say 1517? I thought I did. Okay. I'm not. Um, I, I thought I'll, you said... All right. I'll, I'll take it again. I may have said 1715. October 31st, 1517. Martin Luther posts his 95 theses on the door of the Castle Church in Wittenberg, totally free of charge.
October 31st, 1864. Nevada is admitted it's the 36th U.S. state. Unfortunately, they put all their money on 37. Better luck next time. Got to play to win. Okay. All right. All of mine are of a scene. October 31st, 1517. Martin Luther posts his 95 theses on the door of Castle Church in Wittenberg. Reportedly, the first two theses were smell my feet and give me something good to eat. October 31st, 1922, Benito Mussolini is made prime minister of Italy. Historians tend to think of this as a mistake, but generally concede that the rise of fascism is, in fact, pretty spoopy. October 31st, 1941, after 14 years of work, Mount Rushmore is completed. After realizing somehow no one had died during the construction, the workers agree to kill Lazy Johnny in the spirit of the season. And last one. October 31st, 1961. In the Soviet Union, Joseph Stalin's body is removed from Lenin's mausoleum. Uh, Mausoleum is a difficult word. October 31st, 1961. In the Soviet Union, Joseph Stalin's body is removed from Lenin's mausoleum. This becomes a Halloween tradition with Stalin's body shoved in front of the building every year holding a novelty sign proclaiming, I told you I was sick. (laughs) I didn't know where you were going to go with that one. (laughs) 